people saw you at the sides and saw you grow, you know, step by step by step. So we built our business one client at a time, face to face. So we would speak to the Spanish clients in Spanish. We would speak to our English clients. We speak to our clients from Ghana. We would say, oh, to say? And they would say, me, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> So we would have clients from all over, but we built them one at a time. Traditionally now, what the new mode is, I try to go viral, you know, but going viral doesn't necessarily mean you build a client. Uh, it just means you got more exposure, but you can't deposit exposure in the bank. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And today we have some phenomenal guests. And I know you guys probably get tired of hearing me say that, but you get a chance to listen to the podcast and you realize that these guests are truly phenomenal. Um, But today, today is special because it's not every day that you get a chance to sit down with a set of tried, true, and time-tested entrepreneurs. I mean, they've been in business for nearly three decades. They've done business all over the world. Um, they you know, decided to take their experience and passion for the beauty industry to, to a new level, and they recognized the need for a multicultural hair company that served professional salons with high-quality products and exceptional education. You know, Most of all, the couple sought to help future clients grow their own business and prosper. The Woods began their quest by mortgaging their home and sacrificing personal items to raise the necessary cash to start their multicultural hair care brand, Ashate. The company is named after their two daughters, Ashley and Taylor. As difficult as it was in the early years of the company, Michael and Ramona never lost their sight of their vision. And you'll hear more about that on today's episode. It's just a phenomenal story. So many gems were dropped. Guys, if you um, want to know what it takes to build generational wealth, if you want to understand and be reminded of the grit, the fortitude, the vision, the persistence and the commitment required to accomplish everything you want, to manifest everything you want and understand the components of what make up a true visionary, then you absolutely want to tune in. To this episode. This particular episode is sponsored by Melanin Money, the official brand for generational wealth builders, right? If you haven't already, pick up your gear at melaninmoney.com so that you can spread the word about building black wealth without having to say a thing. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out this episode. This will be one for the ages. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Show. Uh, today, we have two very special guests. Uh, these guests are tried and true entrepreneurs. Uh, they've been around for uh, quite some time, and we are so excited for them to shed their light and wisdom for us on the show today. So with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, meet Mike and Ramona. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Hey, fabulous, George. Fabulous, fabulous. 
Well, thank you guys so much for uh, being on the show. I know my listeners will find a tremendous amount of value in the wisdom you guys are able to share today. Cool, cool. Uh, so let's just start off by um, giving uh, my listeners just a little background on, you know, who you guys are. Like, just tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you, you got to this point. Great. Well, um, George, thanks for inviting us to the show because we're excited to be able to share with your audience uh, who we are, what we've done, and um, what we can, you know, hopefully we can add some value to those entrepreneurs who are out there striving to just do uh, bigger and better things. My wife and I have been married for 28 years now, going on 28 years. We started a company, going on 29. Don't want to miss a year here. You know, I'm <laughs> about to stay married, so you don't want to miss not one year. <laughs> Understood. Really <not> it. <laughs> Brother, won't lose no points. Um, and uh, we started our hair care company about 27 years ago uh, in the back of our home in a barn. And uh, we began to sell hair care products to hair salons all over the U.S., Canada, Caribbean islands. And now our brand is a global brand. So, um, you know, but we, we've kind of been part family, part faith, part finances and growing the business. And that's really what has kept us uh, growing as a company and as a family unit uh, is having just a core belief that family, faith and finances are so important uh, and integral in uh, being successful in anything that you do in life. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, you know, being that you guys started your company over twenty-seven years ago, um, that means you guys built a business, you know, prior to the uh, social media explosion and eruption, right? Um, and you guys had to use, you know, non-traditional forms of media, and just arguably, what was a probably a, a harder task than the the typical entrepreneur today. But back in the day, it was traditional to go door to door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the traditional way of building a business. No, you're, you're 100% accurate. I think, and maybe let me rephrase it. I guess what I'm saying is now, nowadays, uh, you know, we're able, even though social media is normalized, it's technically, you know, from, from your era, considered an, it was considered a non-traditional form of media, right? So I'm almost interested, like, to your point, that that was the way to do it. But because now it's so easy, or I won't say it's easy, but we have more access um, to be able to build a business. What was it like, in your opinion, now kind of being in the midst of, you know, being able to see both of those, I guess, eras to build a business in a traditional way versus how, you know, folks are building businesses today. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the uh, actual uh, elements are the same. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I don't think that the elements to grow a successful business are any different to now with social media than they were without social media. If you don't treat the customer right, if you don't provide a good product at a good price, if you don't begin to have great service, then in both arenas, you're going to fail. So the elements of the two is that social media allows you, quote, to say, be bigger than you really are. Traditionally, people saw you at the sides and saw you grow, you know, step by step by step. So we built our business one client at a time, face to face. So we would speak to the Spanish clients in Spanish. We would speak to our English clients. We speak to our clients from Ghana. We say, oh, who's saying? And they would say, uh-huh. <laughs> So we would have clients from all over, but we built them one at a time. Traditionally now, what the new mode is, I try to go viral. 
you know, but going viral doesn't necessarily mean you build a client. Uh, it just means you got more exposure, but you can't deposit exposure in the bank. Ooh, that's a bar. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It, it yeah. has to be, you have to still meet the same mark, traditionally or non-traditionally. We had to get the sale and put the money in the bank. That's the only way you win a customer, and that's the only way they win customers on social media. Just because you have them, sure, it provides value, but not, not necessarily, it doesn't provide financial value. 100%. Now, that, that makes perfect sense. Thank you so much for, for breaking that down. Um, you know, I know you guys, from, from what I gather, you're, you're big on generational wealth. I think Candace shared with me that I think ultimately, is it your, your daughter that's going to be taking the reins of the company? Yes. Yeah, she already she took over the reins January first. January first, right? So that's awesome. So you guys, you know, built this legacy over almost nearly three decades um, to be able to allow her to step into that and be set up for success. And so, being that to your point, a lot of times people want to go viral and they want the recognition. And I have this quote that I say people will do more for recognition than they will for money, right? If someone, if you, people would do more for the appearance of success than actually having it. So my question for you guys is how can somebody take the tried and true principles that you guys were able to adopt and, you know, live by over the past several years and use that as a cornerstone for them to be able to build generational wealth for their family? Well, I mean, the cornerstone, the, the debt, the door-to-door, the people relationship selling that we grew the company in uh, with or through, um, that is something that uh, perhaps five years ago, maybe Taylor did not value as much, but she now understands that this the, the, that has given her a very solid foundation that now she can take her innovative side of uh, uh, the social media aspects and the photos and the Instagram and all of those things. And she builds on top of what we've done. But it is extremely difficult to build a, a, a company just with the social media part and not have anything that's sticky, nothing that is depositable in the bank because you can have a lot of views and a lot of um, people that follow you. But if, if, if you are a beauty salon, as an example, and people are viewing your work and they're viewing your work, but they never come and get their hair done, well, you have not made a sale. And at the end of the day, it's about what counts is what's depositable in the bank. So Taylor, has kind of, so Taylor has kind of taken the company and looked at the side that we built and she's growing that to the next level through social media, through technology. And that's been the biggest transfer of of knowledge that we've had to share with her in this new age is that social media is great. We know it has a great impact, but don't forget about the the infrastructure that it takes. So most businesses that, I, that, that can probably help you with this question also, George, most business have nothing to pass on because they've built nothing solid. Mm. 
we have a solid organization that's 27 years in the running, a solid client base that we have had experiences with, we provide excellent service to, we built relationships with that will last for the next 20 years. Right. So and it's and it's rooted though because the I I think this is the best way I can explain it. The old way of building a company, we dug down. We dug down and the roots you you first the root you came into the soil and then the business came out of the soil. But now a lot of people with social media, the wind can blow and that business is gone because it's, they never dug down. It has no roots, nothing to hold it during difficult times. Good. Mm, that's good, that's really good. It's almost like you have to anticipate instead of react. And sometimes people put so much emphasis on their brand that they don't put any focus on the business. Right. Like they have, they have the, the, the best, prettiest website. The business cards are polished. Their, their videos look phenomenal, but they have no operations going on behind the scenes. Yes. Right? Uh, so I, I think that's so valuable for my listeners to hear because a lot of my listeners are millennials or coming up in this age where, I mean, I think it's, don't get me wrong. I think it's great that you, you know, we can build businesses and have the distribution power to be able to access hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people at our fingertips. But it, but at the same token, you don't want to be able to have that privilege and access and then not be able to sustain it. If you were fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to get real business opportunities from that. So I think what you guys right. are is so important. And, and, you know, I think this is important for your, for your listeners to know also, George, this, this is what the question of wealth creation is this, what can you eat after you stop grinding? Wow. That's, that's true. (laughs) If there's nothing to eat when you're not grinding, you have not built wealth. If there's nothing to pass on and you still have something and what you pass on don't hurt you, then wealth has not been created. We Mm. have to start getting our, 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 our young people to start thinking about second, third generation. Right? So my, my wife and I, we were, we thought about that. In the beginning, it's not an afterthought. We thought about it from the beginning. We have to make sure that our great-great-grandkids can start just like the Rockefellers, that they're not starting off doing it. If our grandkids says, I got to do the same thing my great-grandparents did to make it, we did something wrong. So we had to, we got to get them to the point where they can take what we have and they can magnify. They can take it to an exponential level. So we have to think about that now so that we're executing with that so that we can turn over that to just like we've done with Taylor. She has a company that is already successful. It's now her responsibility to make it more successful. That's wealth creation and wealth transfer. hundred percent. What do you, what can you eat when you're not grinding? Absolutely. Wow. I love that. I love that. You know, I feel like with the level of access that we have to information now and resources, it can make people a little bit lazy and entitled, right? Like granted, I'm probably a good bit younger than you guys, but I do remember a time when if I wanted to even look up the smallest fact, I had to go to the library. I had to open up an encyclopedia. I had to get a book. Um, And then of course, you know, Google came along and the internet came along and completely changed that. 
Um, but I think with that access, like I said, it breeds a level of entitlement and the illusion that success is supposed to happen instantaneously. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what advice can you guys give to help reframe people's mindset around the desire to want instant success versus building what you guys have built and having a long standing sustainable business? Um, I, I, I say the advice comes from a point of plan where you want to land. Mm, I like that. If a young person, which they, they're young now, don't sit down and really think about where do they want to land and then work backwards, then the advice that we give them would probably be null and void. For instance, my wife and I planned for our kids to have an excellent education. We spent the money because we knew exactly what an excellent education would actually provide them. Access, exposure, experiences that most other people never experience. So we never spent our money on cl- nice clothes or you know, name brand clothes or th- that wasn't our focus. We always put our money where we wanted our kids to land. We wanted them to land with an excellent opportunity to, 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 to write their own salary to go into a job and you know you're there but you, you, if you want to leave at any time you can to 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 travel the world so we planned that in the beginning stages so we had to grind of course but that was our plan we said the one thing that we want to put in our kids is education and exposure if we do those two things they're going to be okay because they can adapt to any situation because of their education and they can adapt to any place through their exposure. So when you're a young person, it's hard to think about that unless you know what you're trying to do. Most young people don't know, they just, they day by day. You know, when, when I turned 40, when I turned 50, when I turned 60, we said we were going to pay our house off before we turned 50. Why? Because when we turn 50, we wanna do something else. We are gonna turn the company over to Taylor or Ashley, whomever decided in 2020. We talked about this, George, in 2006. Think about it, George. We said wow. in 2006, when our daughters weren't even old enough, to, they, they, hadn't even, they hadn't even gotten to high school. We said, honey, in 2020, we did a video on it, George. This is the great. We did a video on it called Black to the Future. And Taylor was running the company in 2020. Ashley, my youngest daughter, was in Asia in 2020. Now, in 2020, both those things exist. We planned ahead of time where we wanted them to land. And then everything else starts working in your favor because you know where you're trying to land. So advice is you got to think. You got to sit down and think where you want to land. Right. But when you plan where you want to land, then you have to acknowledge and do the grind necessary for the climb. Paying off a 10,000 square foot house, um, a million and a half dollar house in 15 years was not an easy task. It was a grind. It was an absolute grind, but it was part of the equation for us to reach the goal that we set for 2020, that we set back in 2000 either 2006 or 2005. And 
was attempting to call the bank and say, I want to refinance this house. <laughs> you bet it was. It was tempting. But we had, but all we kept thinking about, we just kept our eye on the plan that when we were 51 years old, our house would be paid for and our daughter would take over the company. Did it happen exactly the way we thought it would? No, we were a year late. We paid off the house when we were both 52 and Taylor took over the company this year and we just turned 53. So, but you think about that, George, why did we plan to do those things? Because of the challenges that we had in growing a company. See, when you're growing a company, bootstrapping, which bootstrapping does not exist because it's impossible to pull your own darn self up. <laughs> but, you know, when people say, boot, I bootstrap, you ain't bootstrap, you can't bootstrap. You're going to land in the same place you were when you pick the strings up. But we had to think about the challenges that it was to grow a company as an African-American and Hispanic. We didn't have the finances, so we said, we're going to be the bank. So not only was the goal to pay our house all by the time we was 50, 51, we're saying, listen, we ain't begging for no more money. We want to be the bank. How do you become the bank? You begin to have things of equity so that you can borrow from yourself when the mm -hmm. banks say no. So that's, thought of, that's, thought of that, that's, that's part of that thought process that we had is that when you get sick and tired of doing something, you're going to sit down and have a plan. And you're going to plan that. You're going to say, I want to land here. And whatever I got to do, hell or high water, I'm going to land right here. So that's where that grind comes from, from that Ramona's talking about. The grind for the climb. You got, to, you got to dig down and deep. And most entrepreneurs don't really understand that when they're getting into this new age social media thing. Oh, I'm going to start a website today and I'm going to sell spoons. I'm going to put some forks on there. And I'm going to, okay, fine. That sounds good, right? Okay. But you'll find your same forks, the same forks at Kmart selling, Walmart selling, everybody selling the same forks. So you got to put a spin on it. It's different from yours. Our thing was you got to build relationships. You got you, you to have integrity. You got you, you to have character. You got to have credibility. And you got to have some cash, man. You got to have some cash. Your program would not exist without cash. <laughs> that, that's, that's a fact. That's a, a, a whole fact. Now, I, I thank you guys for sharing that. Um, that's some, I'm gonna go back and listen to that myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, I'm gonna go back on your. I'm gonna go back on your site and, and hear it too, man. What's up, guys? George Ashenpong here, founder of the Melanin Million Movement. Did you guys know that the Melanin Million Movement is on a mission to help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000 in the stock market, effectively creating $100 million of new wealth among people of color? If you haven't heard about it, head over to melaninmoney.com. Check out the Get Started page. There's also some great apparel on the site to help you spread the word without having to say a thing. So, you know, sometimes when you have big dreams, you know, the ability to manifest them, I, I believe, stem far beyond any level of planning and preparation you can do. I think you guys, like you said, did a phenomenal job of, of planning and preparing, um, which is probably a huge catalyst as to why it was all able to come to fruition. But I also know you guys are, are, are big on having faith. And so what role do you feel like having faith plays in achieving big dreams and goals like you guys had? Everything. Everything. Yeah, I, and I know, I know it's true because y'all said it in unison. <laughs> Everything. If you don't have faith, don't go in business. 
because a lot of things that you do are based on faith because sometimes you can't see where you land, but you believe you're going to land there. Mm -hmm. And you just continue to focus towards it. No matter what happens, that is contradiction, contradictionary to what you believe. We have taught ourselves for many years, don't look at what you see. <laughs> you don't understand that, honey. Repeat it again. That we have always walked by faith. And when things are happening opposite of what we're believing in, we have always taught ourselves, don't look at what you see. Mm. If, you see if you see a downturn, don't look at that. If you see that your business ain't going as, as, as fast as you want, don't look at that. If you see that, that, that you don't have the finances to be able to reach the goal that you have set, don't look at that. See, your faith must always be farther ahead than your finances. Mm. Otherwise, it's not faith. <laughs> if you sense. got the money, why you need faith if you got the money? You right. don't need faith. You got the money. <laughs> right, you have everything, you have all the resources right there. Right yeah. there. There's nothing to ask for. So we've always stretched out. My wife will tell you, I always stretch out farther than my money will take me. Because my faith, I don't want my faith to be dependent on money. On my faith, we depend upon God, providing the resources, not just the money, the people, the things, that whatever I need. I know if he gives me the, if I can just maintain my faith, he'll provide that for us at the right time and at the right place. Faith is powerful, man. Faith is, faith is powerful. Most people don't really understand faith, George. They don't understand faith. They think it's some type of, uh, you know, tangible, I can... You know, pull it up today. No, you have we have what with faith every day, every day. Yeah, no, hundred. I, I agree, hundred, hundred percent. Me being an entrepreneur myself, you know, I remember moments, you know, where it's like I could not see at all uh, exactly. I didn't know. I should say I could see. Um, I didn't know what that next, where that next dollar was going to come from. Uh -huh. I believed. I believed that if I stayed the course and focused on, you know, where I was headed and not where I was at. Uh, that I that I would make it, so I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. So four things, four things I want you, I want, your, I want your, your your viewers to hear, George. I think they need to they need to really look at this. If they want to exercise their faith, don't look at these four things. Don't look at the how. Don't look at the when. Don't look at the where. And don't look at the what. The what. Don't look at those four things. Only look at the who. Yeah. Only look at the who. If you keep your eyes stayed on him, the other four don't matter. That's faith, my friend. That's powerful. That's powerful. And again, this you, you guys aren't, aren't talking from theory. You're talking from 27 years of of, of experience. So I know my listeners can, can appreciate that because another thing that we have in this day and age is, you know, it's the gift and the curse of the internet, right? You know, anybody can have a platform, right? That's a gift. The curse is anybody can have a platform uh, regardless of uh, any expertise or proven results. So uh, I'm going to continue to reemphasize guys that these wonderful folks have 
real life experience, nearly three decades worth. And that's just the, the, the business side of it, right? I'm sure there's obviously experience, you know, life experience before that, which is a great segue um, into the next point. Um, so, you know, we have probably not talked about what is arguably one of the most uh, important components of everything that we've discussed and probably a key ingredient uh, to know about when it comes to your success. Not only have you guys been able to build um, this empire and this legacy that you're able to pass on and it's going to outlive you guys, you guys did it together as a couple, right? Like I know there's some couples that can't figure out, you know, can't get on the same page about what they want to eat for dinner, much less build an empire over the course of 27 years. So can you talk to us a little bit about number one, what was it like building this thing together? And number two, um, how did you guys navigate the challenges of maintaining the health and success of your relationship while also maintaining, you know, a business that you guys are building together? Because I can imagine that that was um, challenging. Um, it was, it has to be very deliberate, very intentional. And um, the way I did it was, I consciously separated Mr. Woods from Michael Woods, my husband. Um, and I'm not too sure if I did it unconsciously in the beginning, but I'll, I'll share this little story with you of how I realized that I was doing it. I was um, in the car getting gas with, and both of my girls were little bitty. They were sitting in the back seat. And um, I, 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 had, I said out loud, I said, oh, your daddy, oh, he makes me so mad. You know, I just said that. And I'll never forget, one of them said, mommy, you're not mad with daddy. You mad with Mr. Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a aha moment. It was a, oh my God, you're right. And I started laughing with them. And the three of us, the girls and I, we laughed and laughed. And I said, girls, you're right. I'm not mad with daddy. I'm mad with Mr. Woods. And sure enough, we then we really played off of that on a regular basis on just making a making it conscious and deliberate effort that when we were at work, he was my boss um, and the head of the company. And then when we were at home, he was my husband. And it really worked for us. And it just made a tremendous difference. And, you know, I would like sometimes when he was out of town a lot and till this day, I'll joke with him and I'll say, hey, Mr. Woods, is it possible for my husband to come home tonight? <laughs> and, and, and we've been doing this for years and it has really helped us with just kind of separating where he's two people. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes that makes I'm not gonna show you listen to what I say, George. I'm not gonna show you listen to what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but baby, I'll be home tonight. I'll be home tonight, baby. <laughs> tell Ms. Woods, tell Ms. Woods she off for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So but I think that I think when you look at our relationship, 
it, it's, it, it encompasses those three key elements that we talked about, family, faith, and finance. But we've always put the two of us first in that. We can't be good parents unless we're a good husband and wife. Very difficult. So you can't, you can't just say, I'm going to be a good parent, but I'm not going to be a good husband. No, it's not going to happen that way. I can't be a good wife, but I'm not going to be a good mother. No, it doesn't happen that way. You have to be deliberate, as Ramona has mentioned. And we haven't really had the conversation of, honey, I'm going to do this because it's going to have this effect. No, it's just the right thing to do. We don't argue in front of the kids. That, but do arguments come up in business? Sure, arguments come up in business, but we never arguments in front of kids. So we try to make sure that those kids understand the importance of having good relationships with their parents. So, you know, you look at these things and you say, okay, what can I do to maintain a great relationship with my wife? That's number one. Everything else is number two. If I don't have a great relationship with my wife, I don't have a great relationship. So it's, it's been deliberate. Makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm over here taking notes. I've, I've been, you know, married for four years. Oh uh, man, you newbie. You a newbie. You a newbie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got. We we we, been, we were dating for like three and a half years before that, and been married for four. So I'm taking notes because this is all all valuable stuff here for sure. Um. So as we get ready to uh, close out here shortly, um, what what are you guys most excited about? Uh, you know, going into. Uh, well, I guess now we're almost two months in, but into 2020, what are you guys most excited about for this year? Um, boy, I'm excited about a lot of things. Um, a new chapter in both of our lives. Um, we're doing uh, a great deal of um, speaking engagements, um, just really growing our personal brand. Uh, that is uh, very, very exciting. Um, we're, we are, we're, on Facebook Live every morning from 6 to 6.30, where we are able to share um, the word of God in a very um, funny um, manner. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a whole nother chapter for us both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's kind of nice that um, we're still able to do all that we want to do together. Together, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Um, and so if folks want to learn from you guys and, and tap into all the wonderful things that you guys have already done and the things that you guys will continue to do in this new chapter, uh, where can they find you? Where's the best place to, to connect with you guys? Uh, the first place to connect was to be um, Mike and Mona, www.mikeandmona.com. And they can join us there because they can see all the things that we're doing on a personal level. And mikeandmona.com. And and the, I think that's, that's probably the, the first level, because I think sometimes if you don't understand what our purpose is, then you really miss it. You know, we're not in the stage where we're trying to, you know, pull the wool over somebody's eyes. We're saying, look at the fruit, because the fruit would tell you whether the tree is strong or not. Ooh, so, you preach it now. Yeah, so I think that's, that's number one. Join us at MikeAndMona.com. They can subscribe. And we have a free download of a Blueprint 2020, a strategy that we've been uh, covering all year long. Uh, then they can join us on some of our vacation getaways. I mean, I think that's an opportunity for them to just see what we're doing. They can go to ashtay.com. That's A-S-H-T-A-E.com uh, forward slash getaways. Because when they travel with us, they get a chance to get into our mind's eye and we're able to have some real meaningful conversations that help entrepreneurs to see 
through a different set of lenses. We just got back from Dubai. We've done Rome. We're doing Africa in 2021. So these are ways to join and see us on the journey because everyone wants mentorship, but mentorship does not come without spending time together. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, more, the more time you spend with someone, um, then you find that the, 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 the ability to be able to kind of um, learn about what they're doing and gather. All my mentors I spend a lot of time with because it, it's, it's easy to talk on, the, on a text, but a text doesn't encompass what you can learn from that person. So I would say follow us through um, that Facebook or Instagram or the Michael T. Woods. Uh, that's my Facebook, the, the Michael T. Woods. And then uh, Ramona, you can find her at Ramona Woods. The Ramona, the Ramona Woods. So I think those are, those are ways they can connect with us because we do a variety of different classes and seminars, especially when it comes to uh, empowering individuals. But first they got to just kind of get to know us and see what we do and then we can go on from there. Right, but I would definitely also say we have a conference called Beyond the Chair Conference and the website is just that, beyondthechairconference.com where for 30, 27 years, um, it has been our mission to teach first generation of wealth um, to licensed cosmetologists and barbers from behind the chair. And we, this year, uh, because we have helped so many stylists to become um, first generation of wealthy or uh, have a, a net worth of a million dollars, um, we have opened it to the general public where people can come and take business classes, um, wealth building classes, um, investment strategies, uh, and of course, uh, hair classes for those that are stylists or barbers. But it is a opportunity for any business owner to come to learn how to create first generation wealth. Love it. Well, I will be sure to um, link all those resources in our show notes uh, so that people can really take advantage of all that you guys have going on. Super exciting stuff. And my last question is, you know, what is, what does living life uncensored mean to you guys? Um, when you say uncensored, right? I think of um, uncensored meaning nothing omitted, um, nothing dele deleted, um, or full transparency. Uh, so I, I think what comes to my mind is the way my husband and I have taught for the past 27 years. It has been, we have been extremely transparent with everything that we do. Um, and mistakes that we made, uh, we, we, we openly, in a book that we have called Living in a Wealthy Place, we were extremely transparent on how we had bad credit um, 27 years ago, how I was a habitual bad check writer, how um, we live trying to keep up with the Joneses, and the one thing that transparency did for both of us, it gave us freedom. Wow. Total right. freedom. freedom. Um, because when you 
just when you just surrender and you said, you know, I have just been living a lie and you let the whole world know you can't go nowhere else but up. And that's what happened to us 20 something years ago when we became transparent. And then we have worked for the past 24 years at least in teaching cosmetologists and now business people the importance of having great credit, credibility, cash, knowing what your net worth is, how do you calculate your net worth, being an owner of the building that you're in. Um, I mean, you know, all of those things, that's what transparency did for us. And, you know, I think uncensored for, 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 for me is, is, I'll leave your readers, your, your, your listeners with this, uh, George. Stop faking it. Start faithing it. Because when you faith it, then your faith will be the evidence that what you're doing is real. See, faking it and faithing it are two totally different things. When you are uncensored, you can see the faith. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's evidence is going to, it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But it's evidence. Stop faking it and start faithing it. And then you won't have to be censored. You can be uncensored. So I'm excited about being uncensored for the rest of my life. I'm going to faith it to the end. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. You guys provided so much value to not just my listeners, but to me, I, again, literally, I'm going, I'm going to go back and listen to this. Uh, once it goes live, I, I'm thank you guys for imparting such wisdom and uh, just expertise into in uh, my audience and myself. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. And guys, I hope you, you know, when you listen to this, you take notes and take heed. Most importantly, the notes mean nothing if you don't take action on all of the actionable things that they gave us today. So thank everybody for tuning in and thank you guys so much for a wonderful episode. You're very welcome and thank you. Thanks to me and George, appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the Uncensored Podcast. Whether you've listened to one episode or 40 episodes, I am so grateful for you taking any amount of time out of your day to listen to my show. Now, if you like what you heard, the best way to show me that you have an appreciation for this content is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with at least three friends because that helps us spread the word, right? We don't have a big marketing budget over here at the Uncensored uh, Podcast Studios, which is my home office, by the way, but we do have your support. And with that support, we can reach thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. So guys, thanks so much uh, for your support. Please share this with three friends and leave a review and we'll see you on the next episode.